Turret. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Are we playing pretend? Are we playing pretend as we move from 2021 to 2022? And if so, how long can we afford to play Let's Pretend? You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, you'll have to stay tuned, my friends, because today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at a massive war that is... Uh, increasing not only in the United States, but around the world. It is a full court press to destroy all Christian belief, to destroy Israel, and to render the entire world incapable of resisting. Can we continue to play let's pretend that this is not happening? Is it really just a conspiracy theory, or is it reality? Maybe we need to reassess our thinking. Just maybe we need to reassess why, for instance, Dr. Michael Brown, a friend of this program, would write a piece for the transition from 2021 to 2022, calling it the year of mistrust. He said, although there are many things that characterize the year 2021, Perhaps nothing is more conspicuous than the deep lack of trust that Americans currently have. Almost everyone is viewed with suspicion and mistrust. Plenty of clear-headed, fair-minded thinking Americans have good reason to question why they are hearing or what they're hearing and seeing and reading. Can anyone really be trusted? Big Tech has consistently censored inconvenient news stories and politically threatening voices. And the selective reporting of major events by major media outlets resulted in tens of millions of Americans having skewed ideas of reality. Now, when you have skewed, by the way, when you have skewed views of reality, in effect, you're in the process of playing let's pretend. Think about a child who goes before his parents <clears throat> Maybe he's two, three years of age, and he puts his hand over his eyes, over his face, saying, Look, Ma, you can't see me. Now, we think that's kind of cute, and we understand why that should be taking place with a one, two, or maybe even three-year-old. But should we really expect that that same kind of attitude should be taking place with those who are adults, especially Christian adults? But it is. In fact, it's taking place almost the more so because the greater the need for reality, the greater the need for recognition of reality, the more frequently Let's Pretend is played. So today on Viewpoint, this is not intended to be a, shall we say, a totally negatively focused program, even though it may seem that way. No, the issue is, Seeing then that reality is what it really is, not what we want it to be or what we wish it were or what we pretend it to be, then how should we then live? How should we prepare ourselves 
for 2022. How should we enter a new year? Are we willing to face reality for what it is? Not only from God's and biblical viewpoint, but also from the reality that we see on the ground occurring around us. Well, we have much to talk about here today on Viewpoint, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And as Dr. Michael Brown said, the selective reporting of major events by major media outlets results in tens of millions of Americans having skewed ideas of reality. In other words, distorted reality so that they play let's pretend. He goes on to say that control, the control we're witnessing is a transfer of power like never before in the history of this country. The politicians are abusing health to manipulate the population. It's not about health, it's about control. And control, 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 control over the masses. May we see your COVID passport? Oh, you don't have one? Well, off to the cooler, says Dr. Michael Brown. In other words, jail. And given the depth of mistrust that exists, he said it's better to ask the only question that really matters. Why so much mistrust? Well, one of the reasons is that the mistrust is created. It's choreographed. It's choreographed for a reason. It's choreographed for the very reason that Dr. Michael Brown identifies. Control. Control over you. Control over me. Control over our thinking. Control over what we will think. And control how we act then because we will act according to what we think is reality. So today we're going to get a dose of reality, a reality that is exploding across the world. Why so much mistrust? It should not be. Take a Philadelphia lawyer to figure it out. So who then can be trusted, asked Michael Brown. I genuinely do not know whom to trust these days. I remain very suspicious of the latest national plans and strategies. But that's not how I want to end my last article of 2021, he says. All this mistrust and suspicion doesn't concern me that deeply since. Since what? Since I never put all my trust in people, let alone government institutions. Oh, now we're starting to face reality. But we can say we didn't do that. We can say we didn't put our trust there. But is that really true? And how much of our trust did we put there? And how much of it are we willing to shall we say, realize was misplaced trust. Why do we consider it to be misplaced trust? And what should be our attitude and our actions in response? That's really where we're going with today's program. Brown goes on to say, my absolute faith and trust are in one place, namely God himself. And so, as we come to the end of a very difficult year, I encourage you to look to the Lord like never before, to put your unconditional trust in Him and in Him alone. And friends, that's what we've been attempting to do with our listeners here for the past 26 and a half years. 26 and a half years, increasingly calling on God's people to put their trust in Him and Him alone. As Steve Green once sang, God and God alone is fit to take the universe's throne. 
Let everything that breathes reserve its true, reserve its truest praise for God and God alone. Now we say we do that, but maybe not quite so much. Maybe our chain is being jerked politically in order to get our attention spiritually. Because the reality is that the politics that we're feeling so oppressed by these days are actually spiritually motivated and intended to accomplish spiritual purposes, not just physical purposes, not just governmental purposes, but spiritual purposes, to take complete dominion over our spiritual lives, our souls, and our spirits. What say you? Are you ready to delve into the deep here or continue to play Let's Pretend? After the break, we head into an international war against Israel. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Always a delight to be able to come before you here on Viewpoint today, as always, to talk about the things that matter most, to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. We make no apologies for it. We don't attempt to raise money by telling people what they want to hear. You see, it's very possible, in fact, it's happening every day, to purport to tell people what the Bible says, but not everything that the Bible says. In other words, to purport to teach the Word, but leave out things, well, that don't leave people feeling like opening up their pocketbooks. And so today on Viewpoint, as always, we try to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, no matter where it cuts. We're not going to play pretend. Never have and never will here on this program. That's one of the reasons why the Lord has made it possible for me to do what I do without depending upon any man's money for what we say or don't say here on this program. You say, well, don't you ask for donations? Yes, we do. We have no commercial support for this program. Why? Because if you have commercial support, you become dependent upon that, and they can tell you then. They have power to tell you what you can say or what you don't say. Even Fox News is troubled by that very problem. In fact, others have lost their positions there on that uh, network because they dared to say something that the commercial sponsors said they weren't willing to have broadcast. We don't play that game here on Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny, and since it is that serious, we try to be straight out, uncompromising, loving, yes, speaking the truth in love, but not hesitating to speak the whole truth in such a way that you cannot miss it. As one person said years ago, you cannot listen to Viewpoint long and not be changed. You will have to make choices. That's what the Bible is all about. 
choosing, choosing this day whom you will serve. But as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, Jesus talked about this with his disciples just before his crucifixion, two days before his crucifixion, as they were gathered privately together on the Mount of Olives, a place where I have been sitting there looking out over the eastern gate of Jerusalem, the Kidron Valley, and uh, what an amazing view that is. But Jesus wasn't there to take a look at the view. He was there to talk seriously with, with his disciples, and they asked him what would be the sign of his coming and of the end of the world. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. You see, deception destroys and steals our trust. It just does. Deception steals and destroys our trust. And when trust is gone, there's not much left. So when Dr. Michael Brown talks about the mistrust that governed the year 2021, he's absolutely right. Our trust was virtually destroyed. We wonder who to trust, if anyone. We wonder whether to trust our pastors. We wonder whether to trust uh, our governor, whether to trust our mayor, whether to trust uh, the teachers in our schools. We learned we couldn't trust any of them. Not really. No wonder the scripture says it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Yes, and pastors and potentates. Yes, even broadcasters. That's right. Don't put your trust in me. No, I do my very best to communicate the truth from God's uh, word, no matter where it cuts or how it cuts. Speaking the truth because we love God's people. Jesus did the same with his disciples. You would think he would have put his arms around them and said sweet nothings in their ears two days before his crucifixion, knowing where he was going. But that's not what he did. He warned them. The first thing he said was, take heed that no man deceive you. For many are going to come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Many will come in my name and deceive many, he said. Not just a few. Sure, he talks about wars and rumors of wars and so on, that nation would rise against nation, ethnos against ethnos, famines and pestilences, earthquakes. We see him all that stuff. But he said, these are just the beginning of sorrows. Then, what follows after the beginning of sorrows? Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Did you hear what Jesus said? Has your pastor preached on this lately? They will deliver you up to be afflicted. You, my friend, you. Not the people in Africa, not the people in China, not the people in Iran. You, they will deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and shall be, you shall be hated for all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. Do you think we've hit the bottom with regard to mistrust? Oh, my dear friends, do you see what is coming Jesus told us what was going to come, but we still don't get it. We play let's pretend. We pretend that he didn't really mean it. Yes, he said it, but no, it's actually happening right before our eyes. 
false prophets, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many is going to wax cold, but, said Jesus, he that endures to the end shall be saved. He wasn't talking about those who live to the end, he's talking about those who endure, in other words, are faithful and do not give up and do not shift their trust from God to government, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their minds and hearts continually that they may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the escalating international war against Israel. This is just one illustration of many that we're going to see here in the next 40 minutes. At the UN General Assembly last month, writes Carolyn Glyph, a large majority of member nations voted to lavishly fund a permanent inquisition against the Jewish state. The member states funded the operation of an ongoing independent international commission of inquiry against Israel. Notice it's not just an inquiry, it's an inquiry against Israel. This is very much like the so-called January 6th inquiry going on led by the Democratic Congress under Nancy Pelosi. It's not about an honest inquiry. They've actually prevented much, if not most, of the evidence that could have been used, because that isn't what it's about. It's about an agenda, a pre-established agenda that we're going to try to prove and hide the rest of the evidence from you. The commission established by the UN General Assembly last month, run by outspoken haters of Israel with long records of demonizing it and its people, was formed by the UN Human Rights Council. That's strange, isn't it? The Human Rights Council fighting a war against human rights. And they took it on in a special session in May. Its purpose is to deny and reject Israel's right to exist, its right to self-defense, its right to enforce its laws, and its citizens' rights to their properties and to their very lives. The Council's decision to form its new permanent inquisition constitutes an unprecedented escalation of the political war the United Nations has been waging against Israel for the past 50 years. Since 2006, the Council has convened nine special sessions to expand its focus on attacking Jews. In the same period, the same council has convened just 19 special sessions to deal with every other country on the planet. So this brings us to the second arm of the international political war against Israel. By the way, Carolyn Glick calls it a political war, but at root it is a spiritual war. To call it just a political war is a misnomer. It actually is a let's pretend that this isn't more fundamental. No, it's a spiritual war that's reflected or being played out on the political playing board or sphere. Every HRC resolution, HRC, Human Rights Council, Every Human Rights Council resolution for the UN to form a commission of inquiry includes a call to non-governmental organizations to submit so-called testimonies and reports that will substantiate the Council's blood libel that Israel committed war crimes and is inherently and incurably evil. 
and must be destroyed. So these non-government organizations are frequently referred to as NGOs. These organizations are not independent actors. European governments fund them and direct their operations. As Knesset member Amakai Chikli put it, Europe is waging a war against Israel. Now here is supposedly Christian Europe, now formerly Christian Europe, having abandoned its fear of the Lord, now is going to wage war against Israel, which is the only remaining country that has any resemblance of the fear of the Lord in it, belonging broadly to that area of the country or of the world. The reports of the Human Rights uh, Commission published at the end of each fake commission of inquiry against Israel form the basis for the various boycott efforts against Israel that European bureaucrats carry out. And this brings us to the third arm of the international political war against Israel, Israel's European influence progressive legal establishment. The leader of that, serving as attorney general, made clear that along with several of his colleagues on the bench, he used the anti-Israel reports generated by the obsessively anti-Israel Human Rights Commission to justify his own rulings inside the country, which denied Israel the right to act in accordance with Israeli law. We're finding the same thing happening in the United States, friends, just in case you haven't seen it. And this brings us to the Human Rights Commission Permanent Inquisition, whose operations a largely majority of UN member nations voted to fund last week at the General Assembly. The Commission of Inquiry's mandate is effectively limitless. The Commission is empowered to rewrite the entire history of the Arab conflict with Israel, and determine that Israel's birth was an original sin which must be undone. I want you to listen to those words again. Israel's very birth and existence was an original sin which must be undone. This is exactly what's trying to happen in the United States of America. This is why our country is radically divided. This is the reason why blue states in large measure, are seeking to completely destroy red states and to sever the influence of red states for the rest of the country and to destroy the memory of those 40 years of age and under of any kind of loyalty to the history of the United States. Hence, taking down all of the statutes and memorials and so on that would allow any 40-year-old or under to realize that they might just have some real basis for allegiance to their country, not because of its evil, but because of the good that it did. Now, this so-called action by the Human Rights Commission of the UN will form the basis of indictments of Israel's elected leaders IDF commanders and line soldiers and Israeli citizens who reside in Judea, Samaria, and unified Jerusalem. The UN's uh, political courts, in turn, will agree to try them for these made-up crimes. 
and Israel must reconcile itself to the fact that the EU bureaucracy and much of Europe is waging a war against it. Again, this is a distillation of a very, very lengthy piece from one of the most respected journalists in Israel, Caroline Glick. Very perceptive. But it's not just perceptive for Israel. It's perceptive for the United States of America. You see, the very people that want to destroy Israel also want to destroy the United States of America. And the root for the envy and hatred is spiritual. You must understand that. Therefore, what they do and their efforts cannot be trusted. So what are we going to do? What are you going to do? That's what we focus on toward the end of the next segment or the next uh, section of the program. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Are we playing Let's Pretend? Indeed, many of us are, and have been, and will continue to play Let's Pretend. One of the reasons why pastor and people alike like to play Let's Pretend is because it makes people feel good in the moment, while ignoring the reality around them. You know, it's like a child who puts his hand over his face and says to a lion that is going to attack him, I can't see you. <laughs> I can't see you. In other words, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you. But now we have to change our want-tos. We just have to change our want-tos, my friends. We have to be willing to see things for what they really are, not what we wish they were. Where in time do we find ourselves from Jesus' perspective? In Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse that we referred to earlier in the program, we're so familiar with the passage that he talks about wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation and famines and pestilences and earthquakes. But then he says, these are just the beginning of sorrows. Do you realize, friends, that for the past uh, minimum of 50 years, and perhaps 80 years, we have been going through this period called, in fact, maybe 100 years, we've been going through the period of time called the beginning of sorrows. Where are we now? We're no longer at the beginning of sorrows. We've moved, we're making a transition into the rest of the story. 
And then Jesus begins to talk about the rest of the story. They'll deliver you up to be afflicted, kill you, shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall you be offended and betray one another, hate one another. False prophets will arise. Iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. So we are in that time now beyond the beginning of sorrows. Are you sorrowing yet? Have you seen enough uh, in 2021 to sorrow? Indeed. But the reality is that 2021 was very much a hyphenated year. It's a year between what was and now what is coming. And it's coming in spades. We just shared with you what's happening in Israel, what's happening with regard to the world and the European Union and the UN attacking Israel and seeking to set up so-called legal administrations in order to destroy Eretz Israel. In other words, the land of Israel, which is the land that God deeded to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And not only to destroy the land, but to destroy the people who occupy the land. Why would they do that? Because of envy, friends? Why would they have envy? Because God said, I chose them. I chose them to be my representatives. That's why they would have envy, and they do. Why would they choose to do exactly the same thing toward America? Because they have envy. They have envy that America became greater than Europe. They have envy that it happened because America, at least from its inception, uh, walked in the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy was understanding. Even Alexis de Tocqueville, a secular Frenchman, saw that back in 1835 put it in his book, Democracy in America. But they envy, and they hate. Envy is a one of the most hateful things there is. In fact, if you read the book of Proverbs, you'll find, and who can stand against envy? No. Jesus couldn't stand against envy. You know how we know? Because Pontius Pilate noticed and declared that it was for envy that the religious leaders in Israel brought him to be crucified. It was envy that caused Joseph's brothers to throw him into a pit and sell their own brother into slavery in Egypt. It was envy that caused every single one of the apostles to lose their lives before the religious leaders of their day. It was envy that caused the apostle Paul to lose his life. And that envy is growing. How do we know it's growing? Well, here's another report. 30 million Christians in danger as anti-Christian hysteria sweeps the world's second largest country. What country is that? India. Persecution against Christians is on the rise in India with Christians suffering communal boycotts, physical abuse, and legal harassment. Empowered by vaguely defined state anti-conversion laws set up by its president, Modi, that uh, Joe Biden did a little do si -do with. Anti-Christian mobs in many parts of the country scour through villages, seeking Christians to harm, churches to storm, Christian schools to attack, and Christian literature to burn. 
according to a report that came out in none less than the New York Times last week. Christians are being suppressed, discriminated against, and persecuted at rising levels like never before in India. And the attackers run free every time. In some cases, according to the New York Times, authorities assist in these anti-Christian attacks. According to the Times, a horde of saffron-draped men descended on the Christian center stage that day, hollering Hindu nationalist slogans. Pastors were reportedly hit in the head, women thrown to the ground at the sight of the children who hid under chairs. They kept beating us, pulling out hair. They yelled, what are you doing here? What songs are you singing? What are you trying to do? And when the police arrived, they didn't do anything. Instead, the cops imprisoned the pastors and church elders who were still reeling from their injuries and slapped them with charges under the anti-conversion law. Before, when we had a problem, we go to the police, said Pastor Patil. Now, the anti-Christians have government with them. And anti-Christian laws, anti-conversion laws in India are laws intended to prohibit the conversion of someone to another religion. This is what's happening in India. I have regular reports from Dr. David Stanley that we've been supporting for about 10 years now. Dr. David Stanley, a pastor, there is a lonely, lonely, lonely job. When we first came across Dr. David Stanley about 10 years ago, he had four house churches. It was either four or five. And uh, he and his wife were heading up a 115 children orphanage. Today, they have 45 house churches all over the area, still trying to maintain the orphanage when the government itself refuses to help anymore because it's a Christian organization. Here, Dr. David Stanley and his ministry is taking care of kids that are in desperate need, but the government won't help, won't even provide any food because of Modi's anti-Christian persecution against all things Christian. They used to be able to get some support, at least some food from businesses and so on. They can't get that anymore because the businesses are afraid of the government. Dr. Stanley has been attacked many times, physically. His musical equipment that he uses to go out and hold events, hold uh, ministry events, was, was destroyed. He uses a bicycle to get around, not a Mercedes. And they destroyed that. Perhaps you can understand why we continue to support. In his latest statement to me, three weeks after we sent some funds to him, he said, please forgive, I wasn't even able to get to the funds to get them because our electricity is down, the COVID situation is devouring India, and uh, the persecution from these uh, governmental forces and the hatred of the Hindus and the communists is so great that uh, it's very difficult for us to move around. By the way, for those of you who are interested in helping to support that uh, effort, you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, or you can write us a check, 
And if you do, you can put uh, for India or Dr. Stanley, and we'll understand what you're doing. Now, <clears throat> let's move from there. This came in the U.S. A network host for CNBC now has made the statement that the government can force you to obey. That's right. Have you ever seen Jim Cramer on MSNBC? Supposedly he's the big economist there. Well, he's insisted now that the military can be used to forcibly vaccinate Americans against COVID-19 and says the government has the right to force people to obey no matter what. Really? This is taking on all new manifestation, is it not? Can we continue to play pretend that these things are not happening, that this is the viewpoint that is driving our country today? A New York family medicine physician, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, is warning that tyrants in government know that the end of COVID is coming and are now going to full totalitarian. Why? Because they're not going to have COVID to use anymore. Who knows when that will be over, but then they'll shift to climate change again. Zelenko said in a December 20th video that the suppression of his voice and the voices like me is an assassination attempt on truth. He said we need civil disobedience. We need to say no to the demented puppet in the White House. The freedom of our children depends on what we do right now. He's dead serious. Are you listening? That came from the World Tribune. Next, we go to China, and then we come back to America and the UK. Are you ready? Are we going to continue to play Let's Pretend, or are we going to build our faith and our trust in ways that we have never done before, starting in 2022? Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. As we become in the habit of progressive, let's pretend here in America, even in our churches, in our organizations, even in our homes, maybe we need to use these first few weeks of 2022 as a time for serious reflection. What do you think?
a time for serious reflection. Who are we anyway? Who are you anyway? Do you have a calling from the Lord? And if so, what is it? Are you shrinking from the task? Are you preparing to shrink from the task because of the pressures that are coming? Are you preparing your children? Are you preparing your grandchildren? Are you preparing your sons and daughters? Pastors, are you truly, seriously preparing your congregations? Or are you playing let's pretend? Are you so desirous of continuing to make people feel good on the short term that you're forgetting your long-term responsibilities to prepare the people of God for the second coming of Jesus Christ and for the things that are coming upon the earth before then? Well, let's take a look at where the church is right now. This came from a study that uh, just came out uh, last month. 176 million American adults identify as Christian, but only 15 million, or 6%, actually hold a biblical worldview, as defined by the uh, Cultural Research Center of Arizona Christian University. A friend of mine, uh, George Barna, runs that. And uh, here's what they discovered. Among the strange and errant perspectives most widely embraced by professing Christians are, first, 72% argue that people are basically good, which is exactly the opposite of what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we are all sinners and not basically good. That's why we need a Savior. There's not just a few bad eggs out there, a few bad apples. Everybody's a bad apple. There is none that does good, no, not one. There is no none that is righteous, no, not one. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. Don't believe that anymore. Our founders did when they set up our government, but we don't anymore. 71% consider feelings and experiences or the input of friends and family as their most trusted sources of moral guidance. Wow. So if everyone is good in their right in their own eyes, everyone does right in their own eyes, then you're trusting others who are just doing what's right in their own eyes, not according to Scripture. So there is no there is no anchor, nothing to bind us together. Only truth will bind us together in the blood of Christ. Right? Sixty six percent say they have uh, that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. In other words, some kind of faith. However strange, however feeling-oriented it might be, that's all that matters. Really, how is that going to anchor you amid the coming times of trouble? When we move from the beginning of sorrows now into the full-stage persecution that Jesus said was coming. 64% of professing Christians say that all religious faiths are of equal value. Well, that goes along with our young people, where 80% of so-called Christian young people claim that Jesus Christ is not the only way, the only truth, and the only life. They have absolutely no anchor for their soul. They're not even saved. They can't be, because they don't believe the most fundamental principle of the Scriptures. 58% believe that if a person is good enough 
or does enough good things they can earn their way to heaven. Well, if you can earn your way to heaven, then you should be able to hitch a trailer uh, to your chariot on the way to heaven and take all the stuff you earned with you, right? 52% claim that determining moral truth is up to each individual. There are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time, say people, professing Christians. Now that's, that's the uh, condition of the so-called Christian mind and heart in America today. How are we going to be able to stand the evil day? The Apostle Paul wrote that in, if we're going to be able to stand in the evil day and doing all to stand, stand, we have to have our loins girt about with truth, not feelings, not other people's experiences, but truth from God's viewpoint. That's why we say viewpoint determines destiny. If our viewpoint does not line up exclusively with God's viewpoint at every point, then we're deceived. In some way, we're deceived. That way, friends, listen carefully. If you really want, if you're serious, if we are serious about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and being prepared and stop playing pretend, the first thing we're going to do is get serious about God's Word. I'm not talking about saying we believe it. I'm saying acting on what we believe. Acting as if what God says is true. That if Jesus says there's going to be this massive persecution, then we better get about preparing our kids. I've been preparing my my daughters since they were young, two years of age. They're now in their 40s. I've been preparing my grandchildren as I was given ability to do and time and so on. I've been preparing our congregation. I've been preparing you. I mean, isn't that what God in his mercy said that he was bringing John the Baptist into the world for, to prepare the way of the Lord before the first coming of Messiah? Wouldn't it be even the more so necessary before the second coming of Messiah, which will determine the final destiny of every human being on the planet, including those you say you love? We've got to get serious about the Word of God. We've got to get serious about what it says to us as we get into it and say, Lord, would you please show me today? Now, don't be flicking the pages all around to find something that makes you feel good. That's not how to get into the Word of God. Get into it, begin to read, take a, a marker or something, and ask the Lord every day, what do you want me to see today? Something about my life something about my ways, something you want me to do, something you want me to, to believe, something you want me to be corrected in. Please, correct me in righteousness. That's how we should approach the Word of God. And it will change the way you read the Word of God. Your reading will then become meaningful, much more meaningful. Let's go to the largest country in the world. This report just came out today. 
China long has tried to control its citizens' religious thoughts. Mandatory registration for churches, pastors who must deliver government talking points, the suppression of any dissent, and more has been standard procedure for years. But now it's getting much worse. The repressive Chinese Communist Party running the nation has now adopted new administrative measures for Internet Religious Information Services. The measures require an Internet Religious Information Service license, which can only be granted to organizations part of the five authorized religions to disseminate religious content through the Internet. Any other reference to religion on the web is declared illegal in China as of March 1st. Even the organizations within the five authorized religions are subject to surveillance and limitations. They can broadcast sermons and lessons, but they will be checked by the authorities for their sinicized content. In other words, whether they're promoting Chinese uh, theories and so on, making sure they promote socialist values and support the Chinese party, Communist Party. So we've got the two largest nations in the world now that are carrying on an increasing crusade, now tightening the screws against true followers of Jesus Christ. Back to Israel. The United Arab List Chairman Masur Abbas on the Israeli Knesset addressed the issue of the Temple Mount and said the Temple Mount belongs to Muslims only. That's a declaration of war, virtually, against the Jewish state, against Israel, and against the most precious 17 acres on the planet, the Temple Mount. And finally, we go to the UK. Health officials say that Christian beliefs now are incompatible with human dignity. Are you listening? Health officials in the UK saying Christian beliefs are incompatible with human dignity. Now, bear in mind, this is our mother country. Bear in mind, this is the place where the Salvation Army was born. Bear in mind, this is the place where Charles and uh, John Wesley came from. And so on. Officials for the North Bristol National Health Service Trust in the United Kingdom are claiming the Christian beliefs of a former employee are incompatible with human dignity, especially when they touch on marriage. The claims arise as part of their defense against a lawsuit brought on behalf of Brian Walker, 66, who has alleged discrimination, victimization, and harassment on the part of National Health Service officials who say his Christian faith fails to qualify as religious or philosophical beliefs under the Equality Act because he doesn't agree with their version of what equality means. Walker resigned because of a totalitarian investigation of him by the UK. Health officials treated Walker as a terrorist, forcing him out of work, even though he was pressured by the need to support his disabled children. A full employment tribunal now is pending, and National Health Service lawyers are arguing that Walker's Christian faiths are not worthy of respect in a democratic society. This is where so-called democracy has taken us. Not only in the UK, friends, but in the United States of America. 
That is the position that the Democratic Party in this country takes. Do you know that? Are you willing to admit that when all the facts tell us that truth? Walker served in the armed forces for 11 years, was advocating for scouting to stick to its Christian traditions. Then he was targeted with an investigation when he reported being sanctioned for expressing my freedom of speech by sharing that I told biblical traditional values. He was suspended. Do you know, friends, that that's exactly what happened in the United States of America? The so-called Boy Scouts of America formed as a Christian organization, much like the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association? Where do you find Christian anymore? We're playing pretend. I once climbed a peak in Southern California, 9,000 feet, called Mount Baden-Powell. General Baden-Powell was the founder of the Boy Scouts of America. Can you imagine what he would say today if he knew what Americans had done to destroy the very foundations of one of the best institutions in formulating the love of God and country in young men? Now, that's the war that we're facing. It's a real war, and you've got to stop. We've got to stop playing pretend that it's not happening. It is happening. Now, the question then is, how should we then live? What should you and I do? The first thing that we have to do is rebuild our absolute trust in the Lord. Not just mere words. We have got to begin to rebuild the Word of God into our life line upon line, precept upon precept, one portion at a time with ourselves and with our kids and our grandchildren and in our congregations, friends. No more of this pussy-footing kind of Christianity around. It's time to toughen up and stop playing. Let's pretend. It's time for reflection. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.